for Ultimate Brown Show, and I got Browns legend Leroy Horde in the building. Now, this is going to be tricky because we both long-winded, and this is a 30-minute show, so that's why <laughs> So that's why we had to talk a little bit off air before we got here. Leroy, how you doing today, I'm man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm sad. There's only one football game left in the season, not because my teams are not in it, but because just talking about football on a weekly basis with your friends, with your family, yeah. with your boys is is like that's six months of pure joy. That's it. That's it. That's what we look forward to. Uh, the offseason to me is is it's a it's a wearing down time. People start to look at where were you going. Now for you, you're gonna be doing a whole lot of golfing. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. when you get your golf game in. That's when you do your yeah. thing. Uh, so you're now in South Florida. Let's talk about this, man. Today's show, we got we got a great show for playing for you. We got some clips and stuff we're gonna talk about. Ken Dorsey, you'll see his comments on Deshaun Watson, play calling, all that, etc. And we just so happened to get a guy who's down there in Miami covering uh, the Miami uh, Dolphins, saw Ken Dorsey with the Miami Hurricanes, uh, and Leroy can give you a little backstory before we get into all of this other good stuff. Um, a little bit. What, what are your impression about Ken Dorsey? I know you saw him. You, you, you had the game where he was playing against the Dolphins. He went crazy, destroyed the whole, yeah. uh, whole club court. Right. What are your thoughts on Ken Dorsey, and what, what offenses did you see down there playing those guys twice a year? By the way, the most – excited I've ever seen him. Really? So, so let's keep in mind, when he played, he was calm as the other school as the other side of the pillow. Even kid. Right, right, right. So for him to explode like that, something was up. And and if you know Ken Dorsey, you understand that. Mm. So it, it had something wasn't right, right? And when you know the circumstances of the game, you know, like sometimes as as coaches or as a player, right? You know the coach expects you to understand certain situations, mm -hmm. right? As a quarterback, you are expected to understand certain situations in a game, right? You're in a two-minute drill. Is it better to throw this three-yard pass or just throw it out of bounds, right? These are the things that they expect you as a leader of the offense to be able to understand. Mm -hmm. So with all that chaos going on, with all this stuff going on, I think as a quarterback, Ken Dorsey got frustrated at that situation because you are probably talking about a guy who that would never happen to. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's probably where, he just lost his mind. How can a quarterback not know in this situation what to do? Now, sometimes you lose track of time. But as the quarterback, as the leader of the team, there's one guy besides the head coach that's supposed to understand the circumstance in which his team is in. Supposed to be dialed in, and it's the right. quarterback, right. Josh Allen, in, in that play. If you guys are wondering what we're, we're talking about, that play where he infamously goes and in, is in, in destroying his clipboard in the press box. Josh Allen has you know a limited amount of time on the field. They run a play. Josh Allen either either has to throw this ball away or get out of bounds. He gets tackled short of the goal line, and they try to scramble to get back on the football to run another play. Couldn't do it, and and you, the time just ran out. Right. 
that's it. That's it. Which, again, you got to be uh, – uh, listen, if a running back do that, he's a running back. A wide receiver catch it and try to get more yards without going out of bounds. Okay, there's one person on the football field at all times that has to be on point when it comes to those situations, and it's the quarterback. The person off the field is the head coach. We got a little something from the guy who uh, was calling the plays last year, Kevin Stefanski. He spoke first, didn't give us much, but he did talk about some of the different things that different coaches that have left him and moved on and, and, and some of that, that, that and he didn't tell us about the play calling. We'll hear from Ken Dorsey what he has to say about that. But first, let's get to Kevin Stefanski and what he thinks about the coaching staff and the hires in general. You know, I'm really proud of the things that we've accomplished the last four years, and, and I just want to address T.C. McCartney, Stump Mitchell, huge parts of that success. Uh, we did a lot of really good things over the last four years together, and I'm proud of, of that, and there are uh, big parts of that. Uh, Alex Van Pelt, you guys know how I feel about ADP, the person, the coach. Uh, very, very happy for him uh, to be able to run that offense in New England. I know he'll do a great job. Bill Callahan, um, you know, very unique situation there to go work uh, for Brian, not with Brian, he's gonna work for Brian. Um, you know, I, I can't wait for Brian to boss him around. The dream of every kid is to boss your parents around. So happy for those guys. Uh, again, I think organizationally, we realized uh, that's a unique situation and, and did not want to stand in the way of that. And, and you know, so excited for certainly Brian and, and Bill uh, down there. You know, when we made this decision very early on, Ken was a guy that we, uh, identify that could help us, help me, uh, you know, be an int integral part of this offense. And uh, Ken and I have known each other a little while. We've kind of uh, come up in this profession together, if, if you will. Uh, just watching Ken in, in college, in the pros, having success as a player, having success as a coach. Um, you know, he really fits who we are culturally. Uh, he's a family man. Uh, his daughters are very important to everything he's known. He's been in I think, uh, how many volleyball games this weekend? Quite a few. Yeah, quite a few, so. Uh, but a really a, a smart person who, who fits us uh, from a culture standpoint, uh, just has had a ton of success really every stop along the way. And I'm uh, really pleased to add Ken to, to this group. Uh, play calling, which I know everybody wants to talk about, uh, we'll get there, it's February 5th. Um, what's most important, what I'm looking forward to the most is putting this offense back together with Ken, uh, really leading the charge, and, and that's why he's here. And I'm uh, really pleased to have him here. And uh, with that, I'll introduce Ken Brooks. Now, Leroy, you, you take yeah. a, he said a, a mouthful there. Uh, first which, of all, which is, which is amazing because right. you know, we, we, Kevin <laughs> Stefanski don't talk that much. But the one thing I'll say about Kevin Stefanski, no matter what's going on around him, that's the way he talks. He don't overdo it one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, in Cleveland, that's tough. We you all about hyperbole up here. We right. are. Uh, you know, and we talk, we talk about they missing some guys. Uh, let me get your reaction on um, position coaches. We talk about Stump Mitchell, the tight ends mm -hmm. coach. Uh, Bill Callahan's moving on. Bill Callahan uh, and, is going to be the one that hurts okay. the most. Bill, and, and, Bill and Callahan's going to be the one that, that hurts look? the most. Um, under, understand why he's going and and I think that if any of us had that situation, right, you you'd be 
very fortunate that the organization would allow you to leave. They didn't have to let him, they didn't have to allow it. Right. But uh, he's the guy that I think is going to hurt the most. Yeah, I, I look at Callahan, and you talk about it from the run game. He's over the run. I, you know, he's almost the default head coach of the running game. Uh, you yeah. lose him. You lose some of the, you know, you talk about Dewan Jones. You wanted to develop those guys, and you really would like to see him be there. But you can't – we can't hate it. We can't hate on no, him. Nobody, nobody's mad at Because yeah, any be of us in SEC, as a human, as a human being, right, you're a human yeah. being first. And you have to acknowledge – life situations versus work situations, right? That's a life situation. Get to work with your son, yeah, right? That and and we would all, LeBron been playing basketball for 75 years in hopes <laughs> that he could play basketball with his son. Just waiting. He telling right, him, listen. Right, right. I ain't mad at him, no. I mean, the last time we saw it was Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, yeah. And it was listen. amazing that both of them could still ball at that moment. Yeah, it, oh. it just make it, listen just to get that, just to be able to do that. That's a blessing, and I don't, I don't begrudge him. I right. think that uh, I think he's gonna do well here. Uh, when we get back, let's time for our time for our first break. When we get back, we're gonna get back into it. We're gonna get back into. We'll hear some more Ken Dorsey sound. We'll hear from him for the first mm -hmm. time, and we're gonna figure out. Who do who what, what kind of questions did they not answer? There's a lot of questions that we gotta get to. They you know how vague they be. We'll get to that coming back next. It is G Bush and Leroy Hort on the first inaugural Ultimate Browns show. Well, you know what? You know what we gotta get to, man. Don't forget, just because. We got all these new shows right now. Don't forget about the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Don't forget about the Barbershop. If you're a fan of the Barbershop, that will continue on my YouTube channel. Just search Gary Bush. You can check that out. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and Behind the Glass is a staple as well. Anthony McNuggets Earl, they'll continue to do their things. And don't forget, check out the all-new Ultimate Calf Show with Mike Lucas, a.k.a. McNuggets, and Jason Lloyd. And you like culture? You like to get into the nitty-gritty of the community? Earl? Earl the Pearl is going to be on uh, Ultimate 216. That's coming up as well. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show so you know when all of these shows is coming up. All right, Leroy, let's get to this real, really quickly. Let's get to uh, take a little sound from uh, Ken Dorsey. He talks about what he's excited about coming in into this job, and we'll get to him talking a little bit about mm, that, that play calling. We need to hear that too. I'm very excited about that. I'm extremely excited to work with this offense, um, especially you know Deshaun and uh, him being one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Um, the opportunity to really go out there uh, this season and help him prove that you know he he really is that um, you know a top quarterback in this league that can operate and, and help us win a bunch of football games. So. You know, we, he talks about working, excited to work with Deshaun Watson. I think that they, they, you to look at deeper destiny and Jimmy Haslam, um, the hierarchy, hierarchy, they want to see better out of Deshaun Watson. They want to see mm -hmm. the Watson they had in Houston. Your thoughts on the way Deshaun Watson will mesh and mold with, uh, with, with Ken Dorsey? All right. So in order to move forward, we got to move back a little bit. What was one of the problems they had with Ken Dorsey in Buffalo? 
they said he didn't run the football enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I think Ken Dorsey is an amazing coach, right? I will say this about Buffalo. They didn't start using Cook until after Ken Dorsey left for whatever reason. But they put it on Ken Dorsey. He got one of the top running games in in the league when he come here. You see what I'm saying? So it's going to start with running the ball first. I'm just, I'm curious to see if that was an issue in Buffalo or they used him as a scapegoat. And mm-hmm. the only way we're going to find that out is now that you go to a team that is one of the top running teams in the league, if they say the same thing about you, then what? You see what I'm saying? And that that's just, that's just look, that that's just the reality. That's facts. That's facts of why they said, and, and keep in mind, they always say things after the coach leave. Right. Because they're trying to justify, get rid of him. So I'm not just going to put it on him, but I am curious because a lot of off there's a lot of offensive coordinators this time, you know, in this new uh, wave of football coaching that are reluctant to do ground and pound and play action. Yes, they very want, reductive. Right, and 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 so and, and we've said it with Kevin Stefanski. So let's not. So I'm curious as to how that dynamic is going to work. Um, that being said, that being said, Josh Allen wasn't having a bad year. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, no Bush. Okay. You putting the ball in your star's hands and you got a bigger Brett Favre. And you know what I mean? That he going to score a bunch of touchdowns. But he going to throw you too. Right, right. So is that why? They wanted to run the ball more because they they wanted to kind of take a little bit of that out of his hands. Mm. See, we, we got to look at all that because, look, as great as Brett Favre was, as great as his arm was, everybody that played football against Brett Favre knew this. He might throw for 400, but when it got <laughs> to the crunch time in the game, he going to throw you one. And the only time it didn't happen was one year. And he won the Super Bowl one time. Let me let me ask you about the Deshaun Watson, man. I've been noticing Deshaun been very uh he's been uh he's been out here a little bit. Listen, last year we wasn't seeing him in the podcast. He's talking, he's talking more, he's being more vocal. Um to me, um you know, listen, I, I don't have no problem with changes. I don't have no problem with the collaboration. The thing I've always said for one with Leroy was that Deshaun Watson, for him to get back to where he is, he got to he got to play free and his mind got to be free and he got to stop trying to you know, like some people ain't going to like him. Some people will. But to him to get back to throwing and playing as a as a as a football player, an elite athlete. He has to get back to zoning out and concentrating on the game. When you've been around really, truly great athletes and truly play, great playmakers, how 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 were they when it came to tuning stuff out and just playing their game? Here, here's when I became the best version of me. When I could get up in the morning and know that I was going to do everything to be the best that I could be on that day. And not give a damn what nobody thought. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the only time you ever have a problem with what's going on in your life is not when somebody else say it, but how you feel about yourself. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's a good you gotta, one. You got to look at that mirror. Right. And when I get up in the morning and I say, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can to be a good man, a good husband, a good father. I'm going to do what's right and not what's just right for me. Right? Yeah, yeah. Go to sleep at night, mission accomplished. And I don't care what people think. Listen, I talk a lot. I'm brash. I tell it like it is. And I ain't got to worry about it because I ain't never hurt nobody's feelings. You see what I'm saying? I don't need to. I don't need a clip. I don't need, you know, a, a click on Twitter or whatever by saying something outrageous. Yeah. I don't need that. So the more comfortable he can get being who he is and comfortable with where he's been to where he's going, the better he's going to perform on the field. But if you go out on that field and you trying to please with this, trying to please this person and this person and trying to be the quarterback this guy is and trying to be in the quarterback. That's what I love about Lamar Jackson. He keeps oh, it. He's just him. He says, everything he <clears throat> does and says is all about being Lamar Jackson. Not about being a quarterback in the NFL. And if you don't like it, the hell with you. Let's get to this, Leroy. Let's see here uh what, what Kid Dorsey had to say about these play calling. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I, I listen, I need to use this, I need to use this PowerPoint when I need to get out of something. It's called saying something without saying nothing. Let's get to them. <laughs> more interested about okay, what what can I do to help this team win? Mm -hmm. You know, more so than anything else. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the only thing that matters to me. So whether Kevin's calling it, I'm calling it, you know, uh, that's to me, you know, the most important thing is us as a team. Mm -hmm. So uh, now if Kevin's calling, what can I do? I can do my job to as high of an ability as humanly possible. I can get Deshaun ready to play each and every week. Mm -hmm. I can get our room ready to play each and every week because we got a great room and I'm sure we'll add to that. Um, you know, and then I can help develop a game plan that's going to help us be multiple, attack a defense in different ways, mm -hmm. uh, be aggressive, um, you know, and and, uh, and and be, you know, elite in what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing to me, okay. you know, just doing that to make sure if I'm in that role, hey, I'm going to do that at an extremely high level. Have you spoken? Boy, listen, we got to get back to this. You said something before yeah. we started this show, and you said, G. Bush, you know what's wrong? In I the league, yeah, I got play calling is overrated sometimes. Break this down to these folks. This is let, crazy. Let me explain something to everybody. So on Wednesday, you go through first and second down. Thursday, you go through uh, third down, third and long, and, and different situations. Friday is two minute and goal line, right? And you come up with like, five or six plays for each situation, right? This is collectively that the coaches go over when they in, in uh, there till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, right? On game day, when you get in third and five, all of us, players, coaches, everybody, we go in to our memory banks 
and our study and our film work to those four or five plays that we have prepared for during the week. Mm. So when the coach call a play, everybody knows what the play is. <laughs> everybody stop knows what's it. coming, right? Please stop making it like <laughs> it's ridiculous. When you're when you have a whole bunch of plays in a certain situation fail, it's one of two reasons: poor execution or bad planning during the week. But it ain't because of the play calling on Sunday. Talk Stop say that it. again. Say say so. This is crazy because this is this is a this is fascinating when you say because it's the plan is already in. Yes. If you game plan wrong, ain't nothing you can change. You can't go get well, new. You you can you you changing, and and this is game game plan and changing during the game at halftime making some adjustments. You see what I'm saying? You you see how you know it you. Oh, oh, we thought they were going to be doing this. This is what our film study showed. They're doing this a little bit, so we got to make this adjustment. Maybe mm-hmm. running away from this guy, he's shading over this side or this. This is how the game goes back and forth. But still, we all know the plays, Bush. We all know the plays. You got a game play. You're studying film. You watch, you having all these dumb meetings that I damn near <laughs> fell asleep in half of them because we're going over the same four or five plays for certain situations. So when they say this, why is he calling that play? <laughs> right? It's not. We all know what the plays are going to be because that's what we prepare for during the week. Now I tell you a story. We played Bill. We Bill Belichick was our coach. Mm-hmm. We was in the second quarter, and we wasn't having a whole bunch of success offensively, but we couldn't sustain drives because we get to a point and it stalled. Mm-hmm. And it was like right around midfield, Nate, they start changing, play more aggressive defensively. And Bill came to the sideline offensively, right? He wasn't, he was just, and the head coach kept, hey guys, I know this is what we worked on all week. Throw that away. They doing something differently. Remember what we did four weeks ago? <laughs> Let me right. refresh your memory. Let me refresh. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah. We got it. Draw okay, it up. Boom. Yep. boom. Went out and it worked. That's football. That's, That's football. That it's is more a- important. You 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 pay attention to your coaches and your coaching staff because there's a bunch of teams in this league. And I'm going to tell you, it's Miami. Right? They come out and they game plan is barn burner. Right? But mm-hmm. against the better teams, when they go in that halftime and make adjustments and they come out, they get stifled because of the end game adjustments. Coaches got to learn too. We going we listen when we get back. We going to get to well, we got some fan questions. This is, this is a new segment uh, that we going to start. We got the fan section, uh, you know, segment with questions, comments, and answers from Leroy. We got a voicemail specifically for you, Leroy. Coming yep. back, we'll talk about that, and then we'll put a bow on it. This is I told you to go quick. We'll put a bow on it. We'll talk about the takeaways and whether do you think uh, Ken Dorsey is an upgrade from AVP. When we get back, we'll do it. It's uh, the ultimate Cleveland Browns show. You know what it is. Listen, stop playing. You know what is not done? You know what's not done? It's the Kool-Aid Mafia. Ignore that first part. Ignore that first part because we're not giving that. that. That's old. But you can definitely still get the Kool-Aid Mafia merchandise at bushlinebeauty.com uh, backslash barbershop. Kool-Aid Mafia. We got Kool-Aid for all your drinkers. We got the brown. We got the orange. We still continue to do that. And guess what? The crazy part about it is let me go ahead and put, uh, you know, put Leroy back on, on the screen here. See, they don't know Leroy. 
I got some other exclusive gear. I got yeah. Leroy had the opportunity. Hey. I had to see he got the exclusive. Hey. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Butch. It was a little chilly too. Like last couple of weekends, <laughs> we we got the move on that golf course, baby. We got the Nike track joints coming up, and and you know what I'm saying we got those. We, we, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I, them is VIP joints. We'll put them out them, them. Them is real. They're a little pricey, but it, you know for your blood. But they get it done. Leroy and his yeah. and his wife got one, and uh, I'm I'm sure they turn heads on that golf course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, what, oh. what is that? Barbershop? I say, yes, mm-hmm. sir. Yes, sir. That's what it is. But we're gonna be coming soon to you at, at, a, at a place near you. And it's all courtesy of G Bush and the barbershop. But let's go ahead and do this, man. We got mm-hmm. uh let's do a segment we got to, we like to call our fan mail. If you guys want to get in and you know do our fan mail, fan mail questions and comments for our pros to see. The great thing about this show is I want to get on Mondays. I'm trying to get as, as many different Browns legends and NFL guys to come in and, 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 and so we can pick their brains on stuff. Coming up next, I believe that's when, when is that? Hold on. 12. Yes, that's the 12th. The 12th, we got Jerry Ball of the Detroit Lions oh, yeah. and the Cleveland Browns defensive tackle. He'll be in the building with me. And if you want to get to Jerry some uh, comments and questions, you can send your questions and comments by calling the Ultimate Browns hotline below. Leave a voicemail. Ultimate Browns hotline is 216-345-4433. Once again, 216-345-4433. Hit option one, and you can get on our voicemail. Now it's time for a question for Leroy. Let's get to it. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. What's up, G. Bush? This is Mike from uh, Baltimore. Recently moved here. Grew up in Cleveland, of course. So my question for a Leroy Horde is something I'm always debating with friends and family is what players from back in the 80s and 90s could hang today? Like, you know, obviously there were some freaks that obviously, you know, Lawrence Taylor is going to be good now, uh, you know, but like, what are some, what are your like thoughts as far as like players that played in your area versus today? How do you think that would match up? Hope you guys have a great day. Appreciate you. Uh, Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. All right, man. Listen, you you heard him, Leroy. Thank yeah. you so much for your comment and question. Leroy got a Rolodex full of guys who would who would really show up and show out this like if they was playing right now. I think one of the things you need to understand is is hey, man, why are you still surviving? You got a job that's different than it was when you started. Duh. Why can't we uh, uh, evolve at our profession? <laughs> you got a great athlete. He going to find a way to be great. And so to say that a guy who played like he did in the 80s and 90s can't play now is unfair to that athlete. Just like it's unfair to say that a guy that's been doing whatever he's been doing for 20 years didn't evolve with his company. Right? And so one of the great things about the way people played football back then and the way they played now, here's the only difference, one of the bigger differences. You had to be mentally tougher back then, Mm. right? You didn't have a league or officials to protect you. It was all about intimidation, right? You had to go on that field and know that they were going to try to break you, right? And if they didn't, you came out on top. And and so 
Now you got these little wide receivers that run across the middle, can stick an arm up, exposing all their ribs, <laughs> and, stuff, and they know they ain't gonna get hit. And if they get grazed, they hold up. What happened? <laughs> right? I played in a right. game where they would tell you, listen, you might as well catch the ball because you're gonna get knocked out anyway. Let me give let me give you a player because you 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 talked to uh you you used to uh you know you gave me a great golfing story about LT. Um, you know, is there a guy um that you played with? that may play for the Browns that was underrated, undervalued, that you feel like due to the way the game has evolved today, he'd be lethal. One guy that comes to my mind is Eric Metcalf. I was just ready to say the same thing. <laughs> that like, like here, it, it's funny that you say that because he's not in the Hall of Fame and he got over 17,000 total yards. Say that out loud. 17,000? That's crazy. Yeah. Here's the thing about Eric. To me, he didn't run as hard, but he was more elusive. Mm-hmm. He was the first Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, that's and what I'm saying. Yeah, to, They tried to use him in every possible way. Because think about this. Metcalf would run the football, play running back. Then he went to Atlanta and played slot receiver and had over 100 catches. Like, yeah, you they forget about that. a complete offensive player that nowadays – they would have used them like Debo Samuels, Christian McCaffrey, Kamara. But back then, they were scared to. Man. You see what I mean? So he yeah. would have been more productive now in, in today's football, yeah. right? And that's that's what's crazy. We see we all, we tend to look at it and go, "Oh, he would never been able to do that then. You do that now? No, you're right. He would have did more because they wouldn't have been too embarrassed to put a 190-pound guy in the backfield and have him run around and be a playmaker. That game That's what football is right now. That game that game he ran back them two kicks against the uh Steelers. Yeah. And uh word word is he had a hamstring injury. Didn't even know he was going to play that game and he ran back two punts. And by the way, don't nobody take punts back. <laughs> like, yeah. like nobody nobody running no punts back like that. He was he was back then one of the most incredible things I seen, I think it was my rookie year. We were playing the Jets, right? And he caught either a punt or a kickoff. And by the time he got to midfield, he was throwing up the deuces. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> and it looked so smooth. He be, and he was running easy, too. Yeah, I, I was like, we ran striders one day. And I'm like... I wanted to, I said, I want to punch you in the eye. He said, why? I said, because why am I struggling running? And you just look like, like it ain't no big deal. He said, because I ran track. Ran track, you learn how to breathe and run. That's so crazy. Leroy, we out of time. I'm going to tell you what, man. I could sit here and talk to this man for hours and just hang out and just hear stories, man. I want to thank you for being a part of the the first inaugural show. And by the way, give me a name or two of somebody that you want to see on the show that we're going to get on the show. That would be a great opportunity to to spread the knowledge and kick some game on here, too. Well, you got my my boy, Big Baller. I got you. Hey, let me tell you something. Jerry Baller's original Big Baller brand. <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, quit taste infringement, right? Yeah. Uh, Tasty, you, you, yeah. I'm we we got him you, on Monday. You could get try Metcalf. Metcalf, he he got some stories now. I got. We, uh, we definitely gonna get him. We and, definitely uh, gonna get him. But there, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes that 
you know, the, the crazy thing about it is, is that if you ask them all that question, they'll say, man, Leroy runs his mouth. You got to get him on. We already got Leroy. He, he, he yeah. shut it down. We had to put the mic out. We had to put the microphone out, man. Yeah. So we would, we would definitely get to those. Hey, guys, put, the, put it down in the comment section. Make sure you put it in the comment section. Who you guys want to see, we'll get them on the show on, on Mondays. And then Fridays, we'll do some. Um, we have the opportunity. We got the ability to do live call-ins. So we're going to work to see if we get some live calls on Friday. We'll see how that works. But with that being said, we want to thank everybody for joining the first inaugural ultimate brown show make sure you check us out subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of our content with that being said we'll see you friday at five peace